Hey there, strategists. In this episode, uh, I want to talk about how fear or overwhelm or how uh, anxiety uh, can prevent the very, very best, the most well-suited people uh, to being strategists can prevent them from even making a start. Uh, and some of the things that we can do to get around that and so that we give ourselves the best opportunity to uh, to to make moves forward and take part in a, um, a vocation or a career that we are uniquely suited to and one within which we can be incredibly successful. This is The Simplogy Show with Bruce White, the podcast for business leaders and strategists to get the best practical advice on a deeper but more efficient approach to brand and business strategy right across a business's life cycle, because you can always add more value. Let's get into it. So if, if you're like me, if, you're, if, you, if you've ever described yourself as, as highly introverted or uh, easily overwhelmed or uh, suffering from high anxiety or uh, overthinking or any of those things, quite often I find people use these terms interchangeably. Uh, and there's, there's not been a diagnosis or anything in the past where they've, where they've decided that, yes, I am this thing. It's just, just that there's so much reading out there now. There's so much stuff out, out there now on on mental health and on, on how to overcome what often look like shortcomings and what are often described as detriments. Um, there's so much of that out there that a lot of people will read all that stuff and they'll sort of self-diagnose or they'll, they'll self-decide that, that they're one of these things. That's not really the point that I want to talk about here though. I want to talk about if you've described yourself in any of those things, if any or all of those things are true for you, there are some things that you can do to actually make your own life easier and move forward. And I just want to draw your attention to uh, speaking about that, that detriment thing, how what a lot of people will refer to as detrimental to them uh, is actually a really, really positive for a lot of us. So let me just expand on that a little bit. I mentioned the word uh, overthinking or the term overthinking. If you were to go and do a Google search on overthinking, what you're going to find is dozens and dozens of articles telling you how bad it is, telling you how it's going to uh, stop your progress, telling, telling you how it's going to uh, bring you to a standstill, it's going to sabotage your thinking, all of that sort of stuff. And all of that is true to a certain extent for certain people at certain times. But it's also a really, a really good indicator that you are a natural born problem solver. It's just that when the decision point comes in the, in the problem solving, where you've put all that effort into it, the decision comes and then you get in your own way. You freeze. You say, I'm not going to make that decision at some, some subconscious level uh, because you're freaked out about making the wrong one. Uh, and so that's typically the, the danger side of overthinking. The positive side of it is... If you're an overthinker, if you're really like one of these people like myself who just follow a problem down the rabbit hole because you really want to know absolutely everything there is to know before you make that decision, yes, that can be a problem if you follow it too far. But if you develop some tools on how to know when you've got enough input to strategically develop an output, then that trait, that overthinking trait that you consider yourself to have is actually one of your biggest strengths. So I just want to talk about that emotional response that you have when you get to the freeze point, okay? 
and, and some tools that you can use. And this is specifically uh, around people who are delivering strategy uh, or who are facilitating strategy engagements for clients or even within their own company. Those of us who think this way are the best strategists, hands down bar none. But you need to have some tools in place to make sure that you can push through those freeze points and make sure that you can really take charge of this team without getting in your own way. And so the first thing that, that you need to do when, when you come to this point is first of all, recognize that you're having an emotional response and accept that that emotional response is actually a really, really good thing. Because the fact that you're having an emotional response to the work that you're doing here means that you care about getting the best from it, uh, both for yourself and for the people who you're doing this strategy for, whether that be your own in-house team or whether that be a client team, right? These emotions, basically, when you reach this point, they produce adrenaline. And that adrenaline will then actually clear your mind. It lets you think more clearly. Uh, it lets you speak more fluently. And it helps you to add enthusiasm to the message that you're trying to deliver. Because remember, if we're in that, in that strategic leadership role, if we're leading a strategy team, typically we're not involved in the actual development of the strategy. And this is 100% true in the, in the case that you're doing this for clients. One of the first things we learn as a strategist is that our opinion cannot cloud the end result. The end result is about gathering what's already there and bringing it to the surface and then making strategic decisions based upon that. But this is also equally true if you're leading a team within your own company. If you've been tapped to be the strategist in your company, or if it is actually your company and you've decided to step up and do this uh, for yourself, you need to be able to take your opinion out of it and let the actual strategy come through. Uh, and the way to do that is to let the emotions produce the adrenaline, which then helps, as I said, it clears up the way you think, it lets you speak more fluently, it lets you add enthusiasm to your message. So it really lets you cut through all of that cloudy stuff that we do to ourselves when we get into one of those overwhelmed situations where we say, I don't know what to say next, or it's not coming to me, or I'm drawing a blank, or any of those any of those terms. It's the adrenaline that you're feeling that's going to help you get through that. So accept that that emotional response is actually a very, very good thing. Uh, second thing, especially for a facilitator, this actually prevented me from beginning to facilitate uh, strategy engagements for for quite some time. Actually, when I when I was the head of an agency, we had a we had a, a an agency with my wife and I owned an agency. We had seven staff, so it was nine of us total. And at the time, we were a branding and design agency, uh, and the strategy was a big part of what we were doing. But it was all done behind the scenes, uh, and that was mostly because I was the lead strategist, and I didn't want to get up there in front of in front of clients. And the big reason behind that was I convinced myself was my introversion, or was my overthinking, or it was whatever. At the end of the day, what it boiled down to was imposter syndrome, and no matter how good I was at it, no matter how much I knew I was good at it, I convinced myself that getting up in front of that client, and this is back way back when we didn't have the the uh, virtual sprint capabilities that we do now, this was all in-person sprint, I convinced myself that the moment I get up there, I draw a blank. Or I, if they'd asked me a question, I wouldn't know the answer, and I would let that stuff terrify me. The way I got through that was, I essentially stopped obsessing over trying to be perfect. Essentially, all of us have something that is far, far more valuable than perfection could ever be. We've all got our own unique style, 
but we've also got our own unique knowledge, we've got our own unique experiences, we've got our own unique expertise, we've got our own unique perspectives. Remembering that if you're a thinker, if you're a natural born strategist, if you're an overthinker, then all of that comes into part of what you can offer a client, right? If you can just focus on using that, if you can just focus on trusting the fact that you know your stuff, and getting up in front of this client, they may ask you something you don't know the answer to, and the answer to that is, I don't know. And the world's not gonna end if that happens. I'm, if you're anything like me, the answer is, I don't know, but I'm gonna find out now, because the fact that I don't know means I really want to. And then you're gonna go off and you're gonna do that work either after the fact or uh, during a break in the sprint or whatever to find out. Um, give yourself permission at that point not to be perfect, right? Just accept that what you bring to the table is unique and massively valuable. Uh, you know your stuff, let that stuff come out and you will bring value to your client. That brings me to my next point, and these two kind of go hand in hand when I say you know your stuff. The next point is to prepare, prepare some more, and then prepare even more again. For people like us, we really need to give ourselves a, a, as complete a foundation to stand upon as you could possibly imagine. There are people who can jump into a presentation and they can just ad lib. They can just say, you know what, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell them what I know and it'll be a success. We are not those people and that's okay because a part of our strength in not being those people is our ability to think, to, to think through all of the nuance, to really drill down on all of the detail, to really not give up. It's, it's like a, a dog with a bone, right? You're never going never gonna to give up on that problem until you find the solution. That's just a part and parcel of being an overthinker. Uh, you know, you, you probably have been referred to in the past as being stubborn or stuff like this. This is just, this this type of thinking is perfect for strategy because you're able to detach yourself and you're able to say, okay, let's focus on finding what's already there and use those inputs to get to the correct output, okay? So we're talking about preparation. As far as preparation, you don't need to do what I tried to do back in 2012-ish, I think, when I first started doing the in-person stuff. Uh, don't try and do the stuff that I tried to do, which was memorize every possible nuance, memorize every possible pause, memorize every potential inflection in the pre presentation. Like I would study other people's presenting and then I would try and mimic them because I something about the way they presented worked for me. And so I would try and add that to my repertoire instead of doing what I've just finished telling you to do, which is just be yourself, right? Once I, once I got past that and realized that preparation didn't mean mimicry, it didn't mean memorization, everything just became much, much easier, right? So it's not about mimicry. It's not about memorizing everything possible. It's about including the support mechanisms that you know that you'll need in the event that you get stuck, okay? So uh, let's just imagine that you're doing a, a brand sprint, for example. One of our, in fact, our flagship program is, is brand sprint, uh, the brand sprint blueprint. If you were doing a brand sprint, you can't possibly know all of the all of the inputs that you're going to be using to produce this this brand uh, in in collaboration with your client team, 
That's why this works. That's why the process works is because the inputs are always different and that makes the outputs always different, which means the process can be the same from sprint to sprint to sprint, from client to client to client. We are just repeating the exact same process with the understanding that it's our strategic thinking ability that will take these unique inputs and produce a unique output. No two brands will ever be the same, despite the fact that the process is gonna be the same every time. And that's very deliberate for people like us. We need that anchor. We need that process to be our anchor, to be the, to be the same. So that's one of the mechanisms that you use, or that we use, uh, in the event that we get stuck. Uh, for me, the biggest mechanism that I use to give myself that feeling of support before I get in front of a client team, again, whether that's in person in a boardroom or whether that's virtually on Zoom, the biggest mechanism that I use is the presenter's notes of my slide deck. Every single one of the sprints that, that I deliver and every single one of the sprint training programs that we produce includes detailed word-for-word -word scripts for every single step of the process. I don't expect, and I certainly don't use, and I don't expect that a person who is running this sprint will read those notes word for word. But you could, and that's the point. There is the knowledge that you have complete support that if you get that moment where your brain just goes, nope, I'm empty, I'm having a panic attack, the anxiety's hit, or whatever, I can't do this, you've got something to fall back on. You can literally, if you can read English, you can re you can do this sprint. You can deliver this sprint in, in such a way that you will deliver massive value to the client, even if you've had to fall back on reading it. Of course, once you've done one once or twice, and we always recommend do your first one with a friend, a family member, a colleague, close colleague, someone you trust. Once you've done one once or twice, you'll find that you won't need to read that script word for word, but it's there. It's there to support you. Now, in your case, you might have a different asset that you use to support yourself. That's perfectly fine. The point here is when I say prepare, prepare some more and then prepare even more, it's understanding what assets that you need. What assets do you need to make sure that you feel totally supported that if it all goes wrong, if your mind plays tricks on you or sabotages you and you find yourself drawing a blank or getting stuck or whatever, where do you go then? You've got that supporting foundation that you are standing upon to hold you up during this process. The next one, this is, if you've listened to any of my videos at the end, I say prepare, breathe, achieve. And it's because these are the three things that you need to do with every single one of these sprints or every single strategy engagement that you deliver. And the breathe is very, very deliberate. And you need to make this a deliberate part of your process. Breathing, especially breathing deeply, uh, and in particular, breathing into the belly instead of, to the, instead of the chest. Normally people say, you know, breathe into your diaphragm or whatever. Breathe right into your belly, and that style of breathing is actually calming for the nervous system. Now, obviously, our nervous system as an overthinker or as a high anxiety or a fear-based or a, uh, if we are overwhelmed or an introvert, whatever term applies to you, and in some cases, for some of us, Many of those terms apply to us. Anxiety is what's ginning up our nervous system. And a ginned up nervous system is going to prevent you from being able to use that adrenaline properly to think clearly, to be able to deliver with enthusiasm, etc. So breathing is going to reverse that. I've actually developed it to the point where I can actually drop my heart rate 
by somewhere between 15 and 20 beats per minute in about 15 seconds just through deep breathing. The more you do this, the more you get used to deliberately doing this, the better you'll get out, get at it. So I do it before I begin any session with the client. I highly recommend that you do this before you begin. Uh, it's a little bit like there's a there's like a checklist that you go through immediately before getting on camera. This is one of the things, the deep breathing, and then the, the second thing, of course, is smile before you before you turn on the camera, okay? Do more of the breathing during the session, okay? You're gonna have opportunities uh, either between exercises, uh, during uh, voting sessions, for example, when the team are working on votes and you just basically have to sit there and wait until they've all, all done their voting before we move on. Uh, whenever the team is working on anything, maybe they're, they're writing out sticky notes, maybe they're um, assembling uh, components, for example, in something like a messaging sprint, maybe they're assembling the components for their, for their pitch deck or their sales letter or their value proposition or their onlyness statement. Maybe they're just doing some rewriting of that so that it sounds more natural and you're just sitting there waiting. That's when you do this breathing. Um, during breaks, of course, every sprint uh, has a break built into it. All of our sprints are structured in such a way that we have a break around the 90 minute mark. Uh, why? Because uh, psychologists say that that's when the brain slows down, stops taking in new information. That's why you'll find that if you have a three-hour college course, typically there's going to be a break around the 90-minute mark. It's just a chance to give the give the brain a rest and come back to it. So, you know, it's very very difficult to to structure it at the exact 90-minute mark for every single exercise that we're doing. But all of our sessions, all of our strategy sessions with clients are structured in such a way that around that 90 minute mark, we're going to have a break. In some cases, it's five minutes. In other cases, it could be a half an hour lunch break. But there's going to be a break there that, to let that, that brain sort of take a little bit of a rest so that you can come back and then you restart the 90 minute clock where the brain's willing to take in new information. So back to the, back to the point, during that break, whether it be five minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, that's when you're gonna be doing some breathing. Again, practice this, and when you practice this and feel the feel the results of it, uh, again, this is to be used during the strategy when your brain starts freaking out on you or when your anxiety creeps up or whatever, this is one of the best tools you can use to bring everything back down to a nice, solid foundation. This always comes back to the foundation. Just that knowledge, that feeling of being supported because you've done all the work to be supported. Remember way back at the start of this, I said that, that you know your stuff. Well, this work is putting in place all the stuff that you already know in such a way that you can then make valuable use out of it during the sprint. And that's valuable for you as well as for your clients, okay? Uh, and then the last thing is achieve. Remember, prepare, breathe, achieve. If you remember back to the first time that you, that you ever achieved a challenging task, that had frightened you before trying it, that you had maybe put off, that you had that you'd been prevented from doing it because you, you you got in your own way. You will likely remember that it was much easier than you had anticipated that it would be. After the fact, when you looked back, it turned out to be much much easier. I find this almost every day on my on my I do a lot of mountain biking I live here in North Vancouver uh, and I find this almost every time I'll look at a feature and it just freaks me out and then I'll try it and I'll be like well that wasn't so bad same thing with stepping into your first sprint same thing with running your first uh, zoom call with a client afterwards you can look back and it's almost always easier than you had anticipated that would be it's the exact same thing here when you've done the preparation and when you've calmed your mind through that breathing, 
you will achieve success, both for you and for your team. Uh, and just one last thing to wrap this up. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I, I, do, uh, I do this as a full-time job. My, uh, my company, Simplogy, is a strategy sprint only company. We don't do any design, we don't do any web work, we do purely strategy. Uh, we've been doing that since 2008. And in 2019, I began codifying all of the sprints that we offer clients into training programs for others like us who want to become strategists. Uh, and we offer those as well. So we, yeah, we, we offer strategy services and we also offer strategy training. All of that to say, if you want some help with this, if you are stuck, if you're an overthinker, if you've been getting in your own way, if you, if you want to get going as a strategist, but you just don't know what to do next, message me, leave me a comment, get in touch. I've been, I've been offering brand and business strategy since 2008. I've been a full-time full strategy-only consultant since 2016, and I will be happy to help you in any way that I possibly can. There is no obligation. I'm not saying sign up and be a client. There's no bait and switch. There will be no hard sell. Uh, if you just want to have a talk about this, if you just want to find out if this is right for you, if you just want to get some more information because this is this is triggered something in you and you realize that yes, you've been holding yourself back, Let's have a chat. I'd love to help. Okay, that's it for me for this one. Uh, get get into the uh, the Simplogy Collective. That's our free community. You can get there at simplogycollective.com. I'd love to see you on the inside. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode. This is the Simplogy Show with Bruce White, the podcast for business leaders and strategists to get the best practical advice on a deeper but more efficient approach to brand and business strategy right across a business's life cycle because you can always add more value.